Welcome to Day 6 Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Swick. On this show, we share testimonies from all aspects of the equine industry that will inspire you to pursue your purpose, optimize your potential, and prevail in peace. If you want to get more out of life and build your legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com to stay connected. Welcome back to Day 6 Ranch Podcast. We had another exciting week around our place. Earlier in the week, we had an incredible opportunity and want to extend a huge thank you to the Fort Worth Police Department for allowing us to visit with their recruit class and helping them grow in aspects of leadership, human performance, and resilience. We look forward to growing our relationship with Fort Worth PD and pouring into the men and women who serve such an incredible city. Hopefully within the next couple weeks, we'll have some new educational material rolled out through day6ranch.com. If you are looking for first access to that leadership and self-mastery training opportunity, we encourage you to scroll to the bottom of our homepage and sign up for our monthly newsletter where we will roll out the self-paced training opportunity. Now this week on Day 6 Ranch Podcast, we feature the second part of our conversation with Christina Hoyer. Christina is a U.S. Navy veteran turned performance coach, and here shortly she will be launching the Rehuman Project, a program that helps people live life on purpose and reignite their fire within. For more on Christina and the Rehuman Project, you can visit ChristinaHoyerCollective.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-H-O-Y-E-R Collective.com. We hate to keep y'all waiting any longer. Here is part two of our conversation with Christina Hoyer. So then, so right, I'm officially discharged and I'm, you know, on my own and I have no idea who I am. I have no idea how I'm ever going to be out in the world. Like I can barely get out of bed. I can barely move. I can barely eat. I'm reliant on pain medication. I am so depressed. I can't even think. I don't want to talk to anyone and I can't find, I can't find home. I can't find purpose. And like that, that was where I was when I got discharged. And then it took me about, man, maybe about a year before I found myself literally, like I laugh at it now, but like (laughs) I was like curled up in the fetal position on a kitchen floor And I was just, I was in so much pain and I just was having like one of those moments where I was like, I just can't, I don't know how I'm going to do this anymore. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I have the capacity, the capability, the, the life in me. Like, I don't, I'm not ready to kill myself. I don't have a plan, but I'm getting close. And I like felt I was crying and I like had tears splashing back at me from the puddle on the floor. And <laughs> I'm just like, this wow. is like it, right? Yeah. Like this is, I'm just like, we're here. We're here. And I remember hearing a voice and it was not, it was, I swear it was God. And he was like, you have a choice. You can either stay here and you can, you can stay here. You can stay in this, this fetal position on the floor and you can live in the pain that you're feeling and you can keep writing all these stories you want to around the pain and you can stay there or you can take everything inside of you and you can get up and you can go figure out who the woman is you're meant to become. God, you want to talk about options? It's a pretty easy question to answer. (laughs) I was like, well, I don't really like this place. So like, I'm going to go with B. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I don't know if you're leading me in this question, but I'm going to go with the B. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that was essentially like, that was the journey. And it took me about two years of just like what I call wandering the earth is kind of what it felt like. Mm Mm-hmm. Before I found this organization called Saddles and Service. And that's how you and I ended up meeting was through Tammy and through the connection that you guys have with Saddles and Service. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it was this total God led thing where it was like, it was almost like coming home. And I remember like getting there and they're talking about like these natural horsemanship things, which was like basically how I left like the horse world. That chapter you know? of your life, yeah. Yeah. And there's a horse there. His name is Huck. And he's like this giant male version of Don. 
No kidding. And no kidding. And it's 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 almost crazy. Like even the way that they like move like the presence and the wisdom and like, of course, like hers was like, a, you know, a, it, she was a mayor. So mm-hmm, she had like a, mm-hmm. the female energy of it all. Right. But it was like this whole moment where I was like, oh, my gosh, like. Like, OK, like after these years and years and years of like fighting and searching and fighting and searching and fighting and searching, like I am I'm I'm home. I'm here. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of like long winded version of like what the next chapters ended up looking like for me. You bring up so many incredible points in your testimony. And I just, I was talking to with a vet the other day, he'll be a guest here in the next few weeks. And he said, yeah, man, I'll be on the show, but I mean, I don't know what, what special story I have to share. Cause I'm just me. And I said, I told him that's exactly what we need. That's mm. exactly what we need. Cause so many in the warrior space and i've done it you put yourself on an island this is just happening yeah. to me i'm nothing exceptional there's a thousand people out there just like me but that couldn't be more further from the truth and you talked about one of the biggest hurdles that most warriors cannot answer is who am i mm-hmm. Because when you ask them, and this is stereotypically speaking, right? This is not for everybody. I can't make an absolute statement. But for most, when they're in the throes of their service and they have their right hand raised and you ask them that question, it is usually followed by a title or a job. Right. I am a rescue swimmer in your case. Yeah. But then when that's taken from you, what are you then? And then they very rarely have any form of credible answer. And that's when the wheels really, really start to spin for some of these warriors, is it? Holy smokes. And I was taught this lesson early on in baseball. One of my coaches, uh, we were in college. One of my coaches said, hey, there's going to come a day when you hang this uniform for the last time and you got to figure out life. I was like, oh, shoot, this is going to end? Ooh. Like I thought baseball was going to go on forever. That was my dream and my hope, unrealistically. And it's, it's no different when we go into the warrior space. Yes, you do exceptional things and you have exceptional experiences and... I truly believe those in the warrior space are cut from a different cloth because that's God's intended purpose for you. Right. But right. he He might have put you on earth to be a rescue swimmer and to do the job of a rescue swimmer. But that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. That's not who you are mm-hmm. in the slightest. And the only absolute answer that I can find is when you start to answer that question with, I'm a child of God. Uh. Now we're starting to get some things figured out because there's nowhere that you cannot go on earth where that does not apply. I love that. You can't be a rescue swimmer in the fetal position on your kitchen floor crying. Like you can't mm-hmm. do that, right? Mm-hmm. You're still a child of God in that moment. And that's when he spoke to you. Yeah. And that's when he gave you options. And yes, you had to make a decision. We're all given free will. But in doing that, understanding who you are and what your intended purpose is, is a very, very difficult journey and a very difficult question to answer And it takes work. It really does take work and it takes presence and it takes a lot of what you described in your journey uh, landing at Saddles and Service. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a, and it's, I, for me, I have always had to tell myself, I shouldn't say always, but over, over these last years, I've had to tell myself it's, it's a returning to, it's a returning to that process. It's a Mm -hmm. returning to that evolution. It's a returning to that moment because there is, and especially I think for warriors, right. And for people, like I call them high performers, right. Mm -hmm. We are very hard on ourselves. We demand a lot and I don't discourage that. And there is a space where we need to create room for grace and for understanding that like, sometimes you need to stop and take a couple really big deep breaths and like cry for a little and give yourself an opportunity to be like, man, yeah, uh, what the heck this was that? is so hard. Like, yes, it's hard. Great. Like give yourself a chance to be like, like, dang, holy cow. Okay. Like, whoa. And then be like, okay, all right, I'm good. Back like I can keep going yep. now back on target yeah Yeah, because we have that resiliency we have that capability to return to target right 
Yeah. But if we don't give ourselves to the breathe, the breathe space, sometimes, man, we're just going to wear that. We're going to, we're going to wear that point down. We're going to wear the sharp edge down yeah. too far. I, I refer, I refer to it as being the gatekeeper of grace. Mm. Grace is extended to us many times over in circumstances that we probably shouldn't have earned it. We didn't earn it. Wow. I love that. So then why do we get to be the gatekeeper? Why do we oh. not, why do we not extend that to ourselves? Why do we not extend that to others? And I am just as guilty as the next person. And the only reason that I have this perspective is because I screwed it up so many times because I was so a gatekeeper good. of grace, you know? And when you talk about being in those difficult moments, you talk about, you know, the anorexic season of life, you talk about mm -hmm. being a rescue swimmer and all the glory that comes with that. And then having the de devastating medical discharge that you had and now coming all the way full circle to all the things that you've done physically as an athlete, grace was always present whether you gave it the time of day or the understanding or existence is a different story. And that's where I try to push people, especially when we're making these transitional life decisions. And we talk about, there's obviously a warrior episode and that's where our expertise lies, but this isn't exclusive to the warrior industry or the warrior business. It's for most yeah. people. It's, it's okay for life to be hard. Yeah. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to feel defeated, but we can't give up. We cannot give up mm -hmm. and grace is what develops the resilience and in fact god is the resilience that carries us through mm -hmm. we just have to see the fact pattern and the circumstance in that and oftentimes you talked about very early on when we we're talking about the race uh your iron man in in yeah. listening to the noise of the pain well when we start to listen to so much of the noise of life and we get so distracted by it we don't have the ability to do what you did in that race and breathe mm. we don't but yeah. when we return, and this isn't to go down a religious rabbit hole in this episode, but when you return to your relationship with Christ, and I think it very much rep is represented in your journey, your renewal, your renewal in all of this coming full circle, your renewal was your relationship with God. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's what I hear as I listen yeah. to you to share your testimony. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because it's like... That even in this race, right? Even in this this Ironman, that was one of like the biggest things was just knowing that I am I'm I'm supported by something so much bigger than just my myself. Amen. Right? Than just my ego. Like this is so much there's so much more. There's so much yeah. more behind you. And like even if you want to take like one of the bigger things that I've just learned, love visiting more is even just like the ancestral lens, right? Like you have a whole lineage of warriors who had to literally survive to get you here. Amen. Like their whole legacy is behind you. Yeah. Like every single one of them and the fight they had to put up to literally keep living life. To give you the opportunity that you're in right now. Like you, they had to stay alive for you to live. Like that, like, that's like a big deal. Like that, well, shoot, like, when you put it like that, I guess I have to perform. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we don't like, quit now. <laughs> right. Like, oh, dang, sorry. Like, I didn't realize that like my warrior, great, 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 great grandfather who yeah. literally like had to establish like a tribal survival after like the ravages of disease and yeah. war and he like came out on top like my bad sorry yeah. dude i didn't mean to quit on mile yeah. 15 and i'm just like, gonna quit for a race that i signed up for right yeah. i paid for this <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. i love it yeah 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 it's just the support the support is so much bigger it's so much bigger than just us and so it's great bigger. to hear your testimony and, and it's great to hear the testimony of warriors shared here on day six ranch podcast because it is that it's it's building that community of support and the evolutions and the tides and i think this is a great way to segue into the next chapters and the launches that you got coming up is that mm. the traditional forms of therapy and support and medicine and things of that sort uh have proven to be less valuable i guess is the kindest way to put it but okay. when you start yeah. to stack testimony after testimony after testimony of, hey, I've had a similar experience to that. And wow, that person put a battle plan together. A battle plan was discovered through their journey. And while they've had success based on that battle plan, I think we owe it to the warrior community to start igniting and fueling some of these conversations on the off chance of serving serving the community that we participated in for so many years. You know, So not to jump the gun, but to absolutely jump the gun. I want to segue into the Rehuman Project 
and mm. and the launch and how that came to be because it's such a momentous journey. And yes, the launch is a big deal, but there's so much that has gone into building it and preparing it for the upcoming launch. Yeah. Oh man, has there. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. It's so cool hearing you say it too. I just get like excited. You know, I get like yeah. kind of giddy about it because so, okay. So the Rehuman Project is, it's been born out of this whole journey really and learning how to become the truest like inner authority for myself for being like for learning that, like I am the greatest authority for my body. I am the the biggest mover. And the intention with the Rehuman Project is first off is to to essentially reignite the fire within is is what the statement is. And what that essentially means is like the the human experience is filled with all this like this breathtaking, incredible amount of things that we can experience. But a lot of the reason why we don't get to tap into it is because of a lot of self-limited things, as well as the fact that like we have placed our authority over our health and wellness like outside of ourselves for a very long time. And especially in the Western world, like we trust authority outside of ourselves to make and change the way that we feel and how we move through the world. And I'm not saying by any means that the Western medical model is wrong or bad or evil. Like I am so grateful for it. It has its place. And there is so much more that we are capable of doing when we are educated with the ways that we can actually start to move the needle. And then we take actual ownership over that and we start to empower ourselves. And the beauty of that, that I just love, it gets me super stoked, is the more that we learn and implement all of these changes. And when we start to take really acute responsibility over our lives, the better we feel, the more supported we feel, the more energetic we feel, the more momentum we gain. Like there's all of these incredible things that start to shift. And then life does become brighter. Life does become more, more juicy. Life does become like more full because we are really taking that acute responsibility and we're doing the work and we're learning like, oh, wait, I am in charge of my health and well-being and how I feel in life. I am the biggest mover in that. Like I can become educated and I can change these things. And I've been conditioned and taught that someone else has a greater authority than me in that. Be educated by these, these great authorities. Great. But you are the ultimate decider. You are the ultimate affordor, like uh, the ultimate like authority on it. Correct. And the empowerment that comes along with it. And so many of us have been conditioned to just take authority at face value and place expertise next to it. Because, I mean, you look at any chain of command scenario, you have Mm. a supervisor telling a subordinate what to do. And to put it very kindly, there's plenty of, I'm going to use air quotes, supervisors out there that are highly incompetent. Yeah. But you have to based on chain of command and just the culture, you have to take their their word as gospel and you have to carry out orders, obviously short of them being immoral, unethical, or illegal. Um, mm-hmm. So you just be, you start to become conditioned that, well, A, this person's a perceived expert or A, this person's a position in a position of authority. Well, then they must know what they're talking about. I mean, you look at, I mean, food by way of example, look at the body mass index, look at the food pyramid. Right. Fair to say right. that they're not, based on what we know now and based on what I've experienced in my endurance training journey, in food and nutrition, fair to say that they're not completely accurate at all. <laughs> right, right. None whatsoever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's incredible that you are affording those opportunities to, for the individual to empower and educate themselves and, and to do so start to make some healthy decisions as to what their health or what their journey is going to be or what their path is going to be versus just listening to the biggest brass in the room, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, and it's been really interesting, even just in my coaching up to this point, like one of the coolest things that I've really loved getting the opportunity to do is essentially like just helping facilitate someone's journey through like their, their Western medical appointments and like being like, okay, like these are the questions that we're going to ask. These are where we're going to go with what we're telling them is going on in your body. This is what we're going to ask for and why, and even just educating them on like, Hey, like 
when you ask for this blood test, like you're going to have to ask for like this, this, and this additionally. And they're probably going to have to refer you to this, but like knowing that like, like there's just so many layers of like self and self-education that comes with this different layer of like empowerment because it's like we right now in the model that we have and the model we've been taught is like you feel and this is like I'll speak from my own experience right so when I was being discharged I had this extreme pain in my body and I was like oh my like I literally was like maybe I'm like dying of cancer like maybe I have like this cancerous mass in my abdomen Mm -hmm. and it's just like making all my organs fail or like something crazy right like I'm like because I like looked like I was like six months pregnant and there was just like so much pressure and pain in my abdomen and in my pelvis Mm And I would go into these medical doctors and like one was like, well, you're a woman, so you're crazy. Like literally no joke. Like, well, it's just like woman stuff. So like it's in your head. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's super helpful. Thank you. Got it. And then one doctor literally told me before a scan, he was like, yeah, you have, um, you have bladder cancer. Like before we even did a test. Right. And then they were like, oh, well, you should get a hysterectomy. I was 26 at the time. Not really in the cards. Not in the cards. I'm literally like, you haven't even done any tests to prove why that would be functional or helpful. Yeah. Like, I didn't, like there were so many moments where I was like, okay, wait a second. Like, maybe this person who I'm not discrediting their education, I'm not discrediting the amount of time and work and energy that goes into being a medical doctor. Like, please be really great at that education and then do what doctors are supposed to do, which is educate their patients. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah teach me, tell me why you're thinking these things. Like, what can I do? Like, let's make informed decisions together. And so it was, it was just this big pivotal moment where I was like, okay, wait a second. These people, they're trying to help me and they're doing their best, but I'm going to have to learn how to help myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really going to have to learn that. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be scary because what I've been told is that I come into this office, I tell them what's wrong with my body and they give me an answer and they fix it. Like they got, they're going to know, they're going to know what's wrong and they're going to be right about it. And it like shattered that model for me completely. And I was like, wait a minute, like maybe they don't know because the body is so complex. The body is so diverse. Every single person is so, so different. And so it's like, okay, like how can we start to work with the tools and the resources that we have with the education we have nowadays empower ourselves on that level, do as much as we can on that level, open up life to ourselves on that level. And then when there is like acute care, when there is something that like we really need to tap into the Western medical model for, we can utilize that resource so much more informed and to so much greater of a degree than if we just go in there and go, hey, I trust what you think I feel more than what I feel. Yeah, yeah, here's some pills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy too, because I've given thought to it in helping the first responders and the veterans and things of that sort. I mean, I've even extended as far as to medical professionals for the exact reason of like when you're inundated with the level of stress that they're under and the pressure that Mm -hmm. they're under ran by huge hospitals and medical care providers, they don't get to practice medicine as they wish. No, And patients just start to become numbers. I mean, we had a family physician who honestly left a huge hospital, great hospital because he was not afforded the opportunity to practice medicine. He had 15 minutes to see a patient, figure it all out, chart it, and be on to the next one. And he's like, that's not what I signed up for. That's not why I do this. And obviously, it's going to cost him some money and things of that sort, but he's getting back to his true roots and his needs. So it's Mm. fair to say that you probably came across a doctor or two that was just under so much pressure and stress that they're just, hey, this is another patient. We're going to read what we can read on a chart. We're going to diagnose what we can diagnose and be done with it because we got 50 more people in line behind you. Completely. And it's not to say that that's justified. It's not to, to, to say that they're right in what they did. But I know, I know for me, there were times when I showed up to work and you are definitely not getting the best level of service for me. Oh, completely. A thousand percent over because I yeah. was just destroyed. And that's not fair to the people that I was supposed to be serving. And I found in modern medicine, it's no different. I mean, these ER doctors and trauma surgeons and things of that sort that they're under egregious levels of stress and pressure as well. And most of the time, and I would say this is probably true in your experience, a lot of those stresses and pressures are internal. They're from the culture. They're from the organization. They're from the individual. It's not the outside pressures necessarily that are, they're having totally. the negative influence and the negative contributions. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm, I can definitely echo, like I've had several conversations because I, I wanted, I wanted to be a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to go to traditional medical school. So I was, I sat down and had interviews with these doctors and there were several of them that said, I, I, I wanted to be a medical doctor to help people. And what happened is that I went through all of this school and then I got into the system and I don't get to be a doctor. Yeah. I don't get to help people. I I have to do what the system has me do. And I have to play this game with all of this time and money and insurance and, and all of this stuff. And I'm not afforded what I did all of this incredible work for. Like, mm-hmm. like man, what a journey, you know, yeah. to go through and then to land in a space where you're like, oh, wow, what a heartbreak. Yeah. What an absolute heartbreak. So, yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, it was... I so much credit given to them for even trying because it was such a conundrum. Like, like there were so many non, like there were no, we were shooting, shooting in the dark, you know? So they deal with a lot of people and a lot of weird stuff. Like the body's so unique and, and it can throw some weird stuff out there every once in a while. And, um, but yeah, I can, I can definitely echo a lot of what you said. They're doing the best with what they got and it, it can be a mess. And it's just cool to see that, we talked about all your human performance early on, and we talked a, uh, about a lot of your human performance early on. And it's incredible what the body can do when mm-hmm. it rests properly and it is fueled properly. And yeah. with a lot of the organizations and individuals that I've worked with, that's th- those are usually the first things that I start to straighten out. And when you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and you just can't think your way through life and you're in a fog and you're fatigued and you put on a bunch of weight and you just feel miserable... Yeah, it's unbelievable when we really start to pay attention to what goes in our body and how we actually prioritize recovery that amazing transformations can take place as far as cognitive performance, let alone the physical Ugh. performance. Yeah. So let's talk about some of your journey in, I know we talked a little bit off air about restoring the parasympathetic sympathetic balance in the warrior space because it's fair to say that we do a really really good job of strengthening that sympathetic nervous system and it completely shuts down the parasympathetic side and it's amazing how we can even get through any form of day without hardly any recovery system in our bodies yeah they um (laughs) these bodies are machines like they are they're at they're adaptation machines like they're literally designed to just like all right this is what you're getting this is what you're giving me i'm gonna give you my best right we're gonna survive yeah yeah, we're going to, I'm going to keep you alive. That's what I'm going to promise you, right? <laughs> it's, uh, okay, I'll take it. But <laughs> it's um, what is, so when when we're talking about parasympathetic versus sympathetic, number one, I just like love this conversation because it's one of the biggest movers that I've found in my work and for myself. And one of the things where it's like, holy cow, man, if we could even just equip people with this education, This, like, understanding, like, hey, let's just spend a little bit of time activating your parasympathetic and just watch it shift so much. Yeah. Wow. So I would say that for me, one of the biggest, easiest tools that I started to use with the parasympathetic, right? And of course, like, not to ignore that, like, our equine, our equine buddies are, like, the number, like, they they activate parasympathetic like crazy. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest, most usable tools for me with activating the parasympathetic nervous system has honestly been just like humming, humming, singing, like find a really good song and belt that, like belt it. Like, don't, don't, I'm like, I don't want you quiet singing. Okay. Like, like belt it. And it's just, it's actually really interesting. So like we're looking at, like without going too nerdy on it, right? Yeah. We're looking at the vagus nerve and we're looking at activating the vagus nerve because if we could activate the vagus nerve, then we're looking at like vagal tone and that starts to really like more consistently activate that parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. And I really like that tool because number one, you can really utilize it anywhere. Like if you can do some like deep humming, like if you're in the middle of something like, you're feeling really uneasy, like you're feeling really stressed out and you can just give yourself the opportunity real quick to just mm, like, okay, it's probably already noisy. 
as heck where you are. Yeah. Just hum, right? No one's paying attention to you. Like no one has any idea what's happening. And if you do the, have a, if you do have a fellow coworker that is walking around humming, understand they're about to blow a gasket and just try to stabilize, okay? It's all yes, good. Exactly. <laughs> like I see you, dude. I see you stabilizing yeah. yourself, right? I'm going to go outside for a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. Like that's been really, really helpful for me. And then of course, like when we get on to like larger levels of it and like the ripple effect of the parasympathetic it does start to bring us into these, these like, like it's, it's like strengthening a muscle, right? Like we're really exactly. strong with this sympathetic. Exactly. We're really great with that response. So let's start to strengthen this other side. And when we start to bring that side into a little bit more of that strength balance with the, uh, with the sympathetic, then we start to see like this more cohesive balance of how we move through the world. And we find ourselves having more stress resiliency in, in, in these spaces. Like I remember when I got out going to the grocery store was like the most stressful thing for me it oh, was super Lord. crazy yeah i right? still don't like, do I people a, very well yeah yeah i had like a real yeah real panic attack like i i had never had one before that day and i remember texting my friend who i knew had panic attacks and i was like i'm having an actual panic attack like what do i do like what yeah. is the first thing that i need I can't to do find the milk help me get outside right. the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> right i was like and it's so crazy because we've dealt with so many other more stressful things yes that are actual stressful things actual stressful things and it's like okay like i have an imbalance i have a, a, a nervous system imbalance and i want to and need to afford myself these practices where like okay i'm doing some breath work or i am going for walks or i am doing like like yoga is wonderful sometimes it's too too time consuming and too difficult but it's like like meditating and even like changing the way you eat. And like, like I'm telling you, that's one of the reasons why I love the humming. Like I love it because it's mm -hmm. applicable. You can take it with you everywhere. You don't have to really afford yourself extra time for it mm -hmm. and singing a really good song too. singing, screaming, yelling like that, that stuff activates a lot of that. But it's like just for me, it has, and again, right. There's a crossover to the endurance sports. It's giving me this opportunity to feel very stressed, to have this like this space in front of me, this moment in life where I can I could really freak out if I wanted to. Yeah. But instead I'm I'm in this balanced approach that goes like I still feel centered. I still feel grounded. I still feel like I'm cognitively functioning. Like I'm utilizing my my capacity to analyze and analytically approach this. I haven't shut that down. And I'm not just in my animal brain. Like I am really calm. I'm centered. For me, it's been a huge eye-opening experience in the form of mood stabilization mm. when there aren't actual stressors. I'm just yes. talking about like going to the grocery store, being out in public, things of that sort. Really developing that parasympathetic nervous system has helped me in that regard. But when you talk about functioning in high stress and high pressure situations, before... I, I always had a knack to keep cool under the high pressure situations. You had to, right? Because people's lives Have depended to. on it. You can't yeah. lose your cool then. But there was always this state of angst. Even though you're performing, even though you're thinking clearly, there's always a state of angst. Mm -hmm. When you start to develop that parasympathetic response, that angst is replaced with peace. Ugh. There's still stress. There's still pressure. There's still optimal performance. But the... Yeah, the feeling and the vibe and the, the space in which you're operating is just a far more peaceful set of circumstances, you know, and I think about, uh, we'll make the analogy with horses. Most people, when a horse acts up, whether it be shying out from something, blowing up, bucking, running off, it, their natural response is to squeeze, to grab mm -hmm. that horse, mm -hmm. to hold on. Yeah. Try, to try hold not to on, do that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could not be. That is the least <laughs> advantageous thing you need to do. You need to just go with that horse. But to go with that horse, you got to ride that horse. Mm -hmm. But to be able to ride that horse, you have to be in a place of peace mentally and emotionally. You have to fight that natural response to hold on. And so beautiful. And developing that parasympathetic response. That's what I've seen is it. Yeah, we can still perform under pressure, but just the energy in which we're performing under in those pressure situations is far, far different. Far different. Oh, yeah. I love, the, I, love the, I love the way you put it with peace. I. Yeah. That's a be it's beautifully said. And it, it's like, for me, it felt like I had been hold like squeezing my fists for my whole lifetime. Yeah. And now, and then like letting them go. 
and opening my hands and like allowing for that reception almost because like you said with with analogy with the horse like in the moments that I've had the opportunity to stay relaxed and to ride the ride and to not like it's almost like I'm not attaching I'm not attaching emotion to this moment. Yeah. I'm doing I'm, so in a healthy regard, right? In a healthy regard, right? Because <laughs> there's definitely like, oh, we we're well versed in disassociation yes. in this community. We're really good right? at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is very different than the disassociative state. Yeah. It's it's almost like this acute level of presence where like like I guess I love using nature analogies because I think a lot of life's lessons can be seen in nature. And yeah. it's it's kind of like sitting by a riverbank and like watching the river move, move past you and like letting the river, like you can, you don't get to control that river, right? Like the river Correct. is moving how the river moves and not attaching like any story or any expectation of outcome or any of those types of things to it. But just like, instead just really being with that river, like yeah. being with the way that it moves and like knowing that it, like it is, it is, it, exactly how it's supposed to be at the exact right time like that is that is what it is and like that's the really cool thing about really practicing more of those sympathetic parasympathetic practices and getting that sympathetic to kind of like okay hey like you have a really great job you've done a great job with your job like let's just get your coworker, your partner the mm-hmm. duality of this to come up to speed too so then we can perform even better. Then we can become this more well-oiled performing machine, yeah. this human being that is capable of so much. But because we've ba- we've literally like put those things in the back seat, we've gone like, hey, I don't know how to do that yet. So I'm just going to disassociate and stay sympathetic. It's like, okay, yes, I understand that. And there's like this whole really cool world back here where it's like 60% of your potential still left. So like, let's, <laughs> let's like, let's, let's take like a look at that. tap into that. Yeah, like, let's look at that. Like, I'd love for you to like tap into the rest of this. Like, mm-hmm. let's like go there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, definitely monumental work. No, and I robbed myself of so much of my career because I just, I couldn't see through the fray. I was just so mm-hmm. fried from that strengthening of the sympathetic response. You know, you spend so much time in fight, flight, or freeze. It's hard to get out of it. It is. And that's that's where I think, and that's part of what we try to address at Day 6 Ranch, and I think that's what absolutely what the Rehuman Project will address is that when we come off of that sympathetic response or that sympathetic stimulus, and now we have to operate in a world where parasympathetic is even an option, Mm. how do we actually navigate that? How do we build yeah. that out, right? So let's talk about some of the intentions of the Rehuman Project and how you are serving the community through it. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so I would say as this program kind of unravels and develops, there's going to be a lot more things that I think will kind of be birthed out of it. Right now, the intention is mostly like I'm giving my the myself the space to just create awareness and also to like provide education because a lot of what I found, and I, I love, I love being in a, in the America for the first world country things. But what I found is a lot of the time when we're looking at, when we're looking at resiliency, when we're looking at performance, when we're looking at preventative healthcare, when we're looking at like all of these, all of these things that I would really like to implement, a lot of them have like this huge like barrier in in like finances and wealth where we're looking at like you kind of go from hey here we are like at baseline function and then there's this huge gap and it's like let's go to biohacking yeah and it's like okay maybe we need to build out that middle ground maybe we need to build out like hey you are a single mom with four kids and you have no idea how you're going to like afford to feed them really well or to like equip them with really really positive habits that can help bolster their physiology like what types of things can we do just by being human beings with the tools that we have and what do they do and why and how often can we do them and like what is it going to do for you is it realistic for you to implement these like what changes are you going to feel right like really playing with more of that middle ground because there's so much space in between that I feel like it just feels like there's this hurdle, right? Yeah. It's just a desolate land. It's desolate. It's really desolate. And I I don't blame us for having that because we are a species of extremes. 
But with that being said, I, I would again, right, would say like a lot of it is going to start with just like it's awareness, it's education. Mm-hmm. And then I'd really like to eventually like be offering like essentially like Rehuman Project Summits where you're kind of coming and we're doing some resiliency building exercises. We're starting to really tap into like what does it mean to be like a human living yeah. on purpose, fully yeah. alive, right? Like. Yep. What does that mean for you? And what kind of changes are you willing to implement? And what what distance are you willing to go? What are you ready to go? Like, what is, because like, even though the world and I, this is one thing that I will, I will die on my own stool, right? Like, <laughs> I just one thing that I disagree with, like, I think in a lot of the world, a lot of things, like there's a conversation around, like, you'll never be ready, right? Like, there's no, no sense of readiness. I disagree with that because I do think that there's a place that you arrive where, yes, you, ha- you have maybe some fear or hesitation when you allow yourself to play into that mentally. But your nervous system and your physiology and your psychology are ready. Yeah. And you feel that in your body, right? Like when I signed up for this Ironman, was I scared that I was going to, like, literally die on this day? Yeah, if I played into that, totally. But like, it wasn't that part of me that made the decision. It was the part of me that I knew with my nervous system and my psychology and my physiology, like I am at the point where I am ready. I am ready. And like learning what that feels like in your body and all those types of things. So it's still kind of, I'm allowing it the space to grow naturally, but the initial seeds that will be planted are education and awareness. It's awesome. Awesome. So how do people get connected with you and the Rehuman Project? Right now, best way to connect with me is Instagram. It's on the Christina Hoyer Collective. That is where underneath of that will be born the Rehuman Project. Um, My website also is Christina Hoyer Collective. And this is K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-H-O-Y-E-R and then collective spelled normally. (laughs) Perfect. Well, it's exciting to see this Rehuman project come to life. And thank you. And it so very much parallels the journey of Day Six Ranch. So, so I want to pick your brain on this. So, a lot of what we predicate our training programs on and our coaching programs on are showing the warriors of this world their actual value. And I think that fire you talk about reigniting the fire within, I think a lot of times that fire burns so bright early on in our careers. And we're forced to grow up at such a rate that we can't really handle it because you're making life to set life and death decisions in your early 20s. That's generally a fair assessment. You start to lose sight of who you are and what your purpose is and where you're going in this world. So mm. we start to address the truth and the realities of what the individual warrior is and what their intended purpose is and what their optimized performance state can be, but do so in supporting that and launching from a position of peace. So what is your intention with the Rehuman Project in in reigniting that fire and really helping people see their purpose? The intention with it is really like I, I mean, we see so much, so many people like incredibly depressed and incredibly anxious and we've been there and go there. And I would love to see more of the population equipped with the tools that can enable us to pull ourselves out of the depth when we get there. Because the reality is, is like life comes with ups and downs. Like I thank God it comes with ups and downs because dang, it would be boring as heck if we did it. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's really like for me, what's been the game changer is equipping myself with these tools and knowing like I, I have something now that I can do for myself and with myself when I find myself in a valley. And affording more people that education because there are so many spaces that do that do a good job but it's also like okay like where is this barrier to entry and like why is it there and where and I really do believe a lot of it is is from the space where we've given away that authority we've given away that like hey someone else is in charge of that so that that would be a really big intention with it is really just empowering individuals and equipping people with the tools and the education and the the fire to fight for your life again right like fight for it turn towards it and live on purpose because genuinely 
you might not ever come back here again. Like you might not ever see another river or lake or yep. someone you love or a sunrise or a sunset. Like how can I, how can I help you come back alive to that? Yeah. And I think for so many, when you just inundated with the stresses and the pressures and the trauma of life, the ebbs and the flows, the ups and the downs, however you want to describe it. When you get in that, I don't know if calling it a defeated state is, is fair, but when you're in that state of depression or you're not seeing things as accurately as they are, so many people say, well, you know, this story's just been written. Mm-hmm. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And what I try to profess to people is that like, no, we're still actively writing the story. Yes. We're still yes. actively writing. The story is not written. There's probably chapters, and I know in my journey, there's chapters that I'd probably prefer not to revisit or I wouldn't reread mm-hmm. per se, but we're still writing. And there's incredible things that we can make this story become. We just have to open our eyes to the opportunities and the potential. And in your case, you know, through the Rehuman Project is bringing that education and that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, I'm just going to, I'll drop this, this, this quote because it was so game changing for me. And one of the things that I just like, I've, I've implemented into my work with some of my clients where we literally go through and ask the question, when did you give someone else the pen to your story? Yeah, heck yeah. And like really let that settle in. Like ask yourself that question. Like when did you give someone else that pen? Because I know for me, like when I was being discharged from the military, like I gave them that pen. Mm -hmm. I gave them that pen and I let them write, you are a piece of garbage. We are throwing you away. You mean nothing to us. Like, that's it, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you're right. This is truth. And I took that as truth. And the reality is, is like, you can take that pen back any day. Like you, like, that's your pen. Like you take it back. You write your story. Like you can go back and you can scratch that line out. You can scratch that line out and you can literally write, they couldn't find out what was wrong with you. (laughs) So they did what the medical system had to do. You were of great value to them. And now you can continue to be of great value to the world and rewrite that story. And then you can keep writing and keep writing. So it's like, ask yourself that question. Like, does someone else hold my pen right now? Awesome. Am I holding it? It's an awesome perspective. Yeah. Very empowering perspective. One of my favorites. So as we wrap every episode, when we had Let Freedom Rain podcast, it was geared towards life advice. Now with Day Six Ranch podcast, and especially some of these kind of warrior focused episodes, I, I want to ask a question around resilience. So in your journey and your story, what is what is a resilience lesson that you learned that you would pass on to somebody maybe traveling down the same path that you traveled? Hmm. There are so many rattling through my brain. I want the right one to arrive. I would. Hmm. I would say. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a couple, but I would say one of the biggest ones that gave me a lot of space to breathe was you are exactly where you need to be doing exactly what you need to be doing at the exact right time. That's incredible. Very simple, but incredible. So simple. And what it gave me the space to, it gave me space to breathe. And the reason why it was so powerful was because I know that when I am in valleys and when I was in the darkest place ever, I had so much pressure I put on myself with, I should, I should, I should, I should, I should. My life should be different than this. I should feel different than this. This is not where I should be. This is not what I should be doing. And they were eating me alive. It was like jumping in a pool of sharks or whatever is going to eat me, a lot of them. (laughs) Like I was going to say piranhas, (laughs) but I don't know. (laughs) Sharks are more applicable being that you're in San Diego, right? right? Okay, yeah. And so I would say that was like, that was, that was the biggest thing. And then the second one is something that I still apply very much. So in like a lot of my endurance training and a lot of just my athletic training in general, and then even just in like on tough physical days, you know, where I'm just like, I don't really, I don't, I don't feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And is that the mind is going to tell you to stop when about 70% of your capacity is still remaining. Yeah, there's a lot left in the tank. 
so much left in the tank. And that, that was so applicable for me in, in everything. Right. And like, like even in like really diving into the work, like the mindset work and the emotional health work and like the creating a life that you love work, like the, the mind is designed to keep you in spaces, you know, and it does a really great job doing that because it knows you're going to be safe there. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to build out a life we're deeply in love with that we feel wildly alive with, there's going to be, we're going to hit that wall. We're going to hit that capacity. And we're going to need to learn that there's a 70% space there, maybe a little bit more, but I like the percentage 70 that we can really still tap into. We can push into. There's so much of who you are that remains on the other side of that. So like remembering, like I now utilize that indicator as like, okay, I'm going in the right direction. Now, how do I know when I'm knocking on the door too far, when I'm pushing this too far, and when I am literally, da- I'm dancing that capacity dance. I'm yeah. dancing the dance that's going to grow my grow my zone. Yeah, finding that sweet spot is tough. It is. It's a, it's a play. You got to become playful with it. You have yeah. to become playful. Yeah. You have to become curious. Like you have to know like, hey, like one day you're going to overdo it, right? Yeah. Great. Now cool. you know you overdid it, hey, right? You, don't, you awesome. don't know where the line is until you cross it. You don't. Yeah. I love that. Oops, there we are. Okay, that's too far. Uh, So good. No, it's great. It's great. I can't thank you enough for setting so much time aside for us here at Day Six Ranch Podcast. It's been great to hear so much of your testimony. I mean, you've lived so much life, especially in those transformative years, you know, early teens through mid-20s. I mean, you lived a lot of life. And it's incredible that God has given you the inquisitive mind because so many more people are going to benefit from your experience. And it's exciting to hear the launch of the Rehuman Project coming up. And and I can't even begin to fathom what it's going to do, not only for the warrior space, but for the world and allowing Mm. people to see their perceived value and space within this earth and what it actually is. Wow. It's quite a journey you've walked and I have the utmost respect for it. And Congratulations on the recent Ironman finish and we'll look forward to the next episode, huh? Thank you. Thank you so much. And it was an absolute pleasure to be on today. Thank you again so much for inviting me and and taking your time today and to everyone who spent their time with us. Like time is our most valuable resource. So we respect it. We honor it and use it wisely. I appreciate you so, so much. Heck yeah. We'll see you on the next one. Beautiful. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for joining us on Day 6 Ranch Podcast. If you are looking to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and stay connected through our monthly newsletter, explore our free content, and dive into our leadership and human optimization educational opportunities. As always, subscribing to our show is a huge help. But more importantly, if a message you heard today moved you, then please share the show with just one person who may benefit from the same message. We must continue to take care of our own, so stay in the fight, And we'll see you on the next one.